Hello and welcome to another episode of Breaking Late. I'm your host, Michael, and with me for another episode is John Daniel. It's like you're going somewhere, but you're not. You can't leave. How are you, mate? Yeah, good, mate. How about yourself? A little tired. 12 hours yesterday. Oh, it was a bit of a marathon, wasn't it? It was. (laughs) Up early. Did you get the start of it? No, I did not. No, No, me neither. But yeah, no, it was a really good race to watch. I really enjoyed it. Constantly stuff happening. A lot of safety cars pulling the field back. A lot of people still on the lead lap, which made it interesting the whole way through the race. It was a really good race to watch. Oh, it, it really was. And it was just great to see the mixture of cars out there again. It's something that I always miss. I don't realize I miss until I watch GT racing or something along those lines where, you know, we get so much with the Formula One and the V8 supercars where you're just like, they're the same cars. And then you get to see the mixture of manufacturers here and it just, it was great to watch. You see the likes of, you know, you get your V8 Focuses, the Mark cars going around, and then you got the Ferrari 488 going around as well. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That um, Diverse field, very diverse field. You've got all sorts of makes, models, shapes, engine configurations, driveline configurations. It was, um, it was really good. It was amazing how good the GT3 category is, but that, I just love watching them. It's such a... It's such a good category. I think um, they really pull their field in really good. So, like in the shootout, what was there? Probably half a second or so for the top ten. So it wasn't. It yeah, wasn't. It really huge wasn't much. It was really close. I think there's like four or five different manufacturers in the top ten. So that was really good. I really enjoyed it. Some really strong showings from some uh, Aussie blokes in there too. Not just all European drivers. Oh no, there was there was what drivers stuck out. Did a really good job for you. Like, it was in a... Well, in, obviously, the boys in the Ferrari, I don't think any out of all three of them really put too much of a foot wrong. Wind Cup had a bit of a mistake in his last stint. Yeah, and was it Lowndes that got done for weaving? Yeah, before, but a lot of them got done for that, so it was almost like they weren't discussed in the driver's briefing properly or something, like people weren't aware for it, mm. aware of it, sorry. So th- there was a couple of little mistakes like that, but over a 12 hour period they made very very little the other one is matt campbell oh what a weekend he had really yeah, he did a great job look he made a couple mistakes as well but it's a very long race these yeah under a lot of pressure and they're pushing for so long it was a really really good race from him as well he, it's good to see him up there too he's that's putting his name now in this is an internationally watched race lots of viewing overseas from um racing teams and drivers and whatnot was something that i did notice reading the comments and stuff online and you do get a lot of like americans and that going the bathurst 12 hours great i can sit there i can watch the whole thing it's in prime time it's in a time that i think it was only europe has a small difficulty watching but for everyone else it's in a great time to watch it's becoming one of the pinnacle endurance races of the year well, you listen to a lot, and this is something that keeps getting embedded every year now, and really makes me happy, actually, that, that we've got something in Australia like this. They talk to the international drivers, and they go, well, where do you rate Bathurst? And they go, oh, well, it's in my top three, you know, Spa, Le Mans, Bathurst. Bathurst yeah. And I'm like, holy crap, they're putting, like, it gives me goosebumps. Some of the drivers are going, it's my dream to race at Bathurst. And you're yeah, like, that's that's oh. unbelievable that we've got a track that's now, and these are not just Joe Nobodies. These are the big name factory drivers from from Audi, from Porsche, from all these t- um, big name teams that have coming in and really enjoying it. So that's mm. it's good. And that bodes well for Bathurst. If 
if the drivers and all the teams are really looking at it, maybe it's, it's more marketable because it's now getting beamed all over the world. Everyone wants to watch it. It's a big, big thing. It means more money into this sport, more GT3 class cars, and uh, it's it's just going to be, it's going to grow. It's just, well, you can see it over the years. It's just growing and growing and growing. Drastic, like dramatically over the few years that I've followed it. Yeah, yeah, it hasn't well, been running for that many years. So, what was your thoughts on the going to the top ten shootout of this? Did you like it? Did you think it was a bit odd for endurance cars to do a one lap shootout? Because a lot of the drivers were going, "Oh, this is you know, it's all good and all, but we've got a twelve hour race tomorrow. It doesn't really matter if you start at the front or if you start, you know, a few um, grid positions back." I did like it. I really did like it. Uh, I can't remember off the top of my head who they were interviewing. Um, but they were interviewing one of the European drivers and he's like, I've never, uh, it might've even been Tom from the Ferrari. Um, so he, Tony, Tony, sorry, from the Ferrari, he he basically said, um, you know, this is, it's, it's a bit odd for me. I've never had to compete in a top 10 shootout in an endurance event, but he's like, I understand. I get it. We've got spectators here. We've got people watching on television. We've got people streaming over the internet. Mm. We're entertainment. We've got to market this as entertainment and we've got to try and um, entertain people. There's no point doing a a qualifying session saying, well, that's all you're going to get from us today. See you later. Come watch the 12-hour tomorrow. It's like, if we can add an extra hour, hour of entertainment in there, why not? Oh, and it is good. It's one of the big things that even in the V8 supercars I quite like. And I'm, I love the fact that we still have a top 10 shootout at Hidden Valley. Yeah. yeah. Because I do, I, I think, it's like it, a mini race, it really. Is. It gets you excited, doesn't it? It does. And, you know, it comes down to one small thing. You can be the best driver in the world or whatever, but if you make that one mistake on that lap, it all comes down to the driver. It's You don't have any traffic impeding you. It's like you get that. Like they had that two, 6.2 kilometer circuit to themselves. That yeah. must be a good feeling, though, to get back to yourself. Pretty magical, I'd say. Yeah. Yep. I agree with you 100% there. Just to get out there and grab it and. And I can't remember which car it was, but one did really well for themselves. I think they were one of the first oh, ones out. Yes, they qualify yes. like fifth or something. Um, yes, I'm trying to remember we now. We should have wrote it down. But either way, it was one of those things that can happen in the top 10 shootout. Yep. That you can pull a lap out. They of got eight eight places up or something. It started mm. on the second row or third row. Yeah, no, I agree. Because the temperature didn't really drop until the top four cars came out. Yep. Yeah, it was cloudy at the start. Temp, the track temp was down, and then it it slowly built through the the rest of the um, shootout. And then just as I think the fourth car went out, yep. halfway through his sort of warm up lap or his lap, the cloud cover come over, and he got a little gain. But the cars after that started getting substantial, or not substantial. I think the Ferrari was only three tenths faster than um, the the person in second. Yes. So it's not a massive gap. Um, thinking about how uh, different all these cars are so um, yeah no it was really really good event really enjoyed the the shootout and I think it should stay mm. no I definitely think the shootouts it's got to be a, a feature something that can set our endurance apart apart from the other endurance racing yep why not we don't have to do exactly what they're doing they've got so like a lot of the the endurance races that we're competing against have been running 50 60 80 years. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like they've, they've got been a lot running. of history behind them. Yeah, and we're we're a new. This is like fair enough. We've been running Bathurst at one thousand for a long time, but a twelve hour actually 
talking about that, that was really something interesting. This is jumping a long way ahead, but um, Craig Lowndes is like, oh, we could even do a 24-hour here. Just slip that in there (laughs) when he's interviewing. Drop down a 24-hour bomb and you're like, ooh. Ooh, we could. But I don't know if I want a 24-hour race. I can't sit there and watch a whole 24-hour race. The the 12-hour race is just really good. I get up in the morning. You can watch the whole thing. It's done by, what is it, wrapped up by 4.30? Our local time? Uh, yeah, about our time. So, no, I... Look, I'm all for a 12-hour 12, a 12 and a 24-hour. Yeah, do too. But um, I don't see us getting a 24-hour anytime soon, but you never know. If it starts getting lots of attention and it's going to be more marketable, they will do it. Mm. Well, the crowds were good. Yeah, what'd they get? 40-odd thousand a day. Yeah, it looked pretty decent. Like, so, that's not bad yeah. for a growing event. Well, this event's not been run for very long. No, it's only four or Five years. I, I can't. Fourth year, I think. I'm not sure. We, we'll probably have to look that up. But um, it's a fairly new event. Um, so it, it's good good attendance. Um, SVG. He didn't qualify very well, did he? No. I, I was 16th or something. I was listening to Craig Baird actually come to his defense a lot during the race. They had they mapping did, issues and stuff. Yeah, they, they had the wrong map in the car. I think they might have had a race trim map in the car and... A car that's already down a lot on straight line speed was probably, yeah, not the best thing for him, unfortunately. So he was ringing it out there and he ended up in a gravel trap and he did a rooster tail off one of the corners and Mm. it was a real shame. But, you know, these things happen. He was pushing it to the edge and he, you know, obviously didn't have the power that he needed to get the time that he needed out of the car and didn't even manage the top 10. Real shame. Do you want to jump to the race? Yeah, let's jump into the race, yep. I didn't get to see the start. I kind of woke up at, oh, probably half past six. I was like, oh, yeah, crap. Bathurst is on. <laughs> yep, turn that on. Laid in bed probably an hour or so watching it, going, all right, I've got to go to a mate's place to watch this. Wait for the yellow flag. Wait for the yellow flag. Like, well, as soon as the yellow flags came out, I was like, all right, get in the car, let's go. Um, the biggest thing that I saw at the start was Craig Baird shunting Lowndes on the restart. Yes. Um. I thought, I know it's not the right way to think at the start of a 12-hour. I thought they were done. I watched the whole field go past them and going, they're going to get lapsed down. The re- recovery crew did a great job to get them out on the lead lap. Yeah, that's amazing, isn't it, really? Because oh. I was like, you're not in the gravel trap that far. Get him out, Lounsey. Go on. I'm like, no, don't do that. You'll just dig yourself in deeper. But no, they did get him out. Straight on the lead lap, and that Ferrari this weekend. Oh, when they turned the wick up, they'd had the pace. Yeah, when Tony Volandi was driving it, that was amazing. I sent you multiple messages this week going, How good is this This bloke? bloke (laughs) is amazing. And you're like, if you want to win, employ a (laughs) fit. Yeah, it's true. He was, he was, it was a class act. Out of the international drivers this weekend, he was probably one of the standouts. Obviously, he's in one of the best, the best car, really. Mm. I think we're safe to say that. But he, yeah, just did everything he needed to do perfectly and did a great job. It was the battle between the Ferrari and the Mercedes. Because that really, that was all this race was. It was the battle between those two. Yep, the the Porsche didn't quite have the pace. The McLaren had problems. Yeah, the McLaren had a lot of problems. Um... They almost got back onto the lead lap by the end. Yeah, they did, didn't they? Mm. They did get on the lead lap. And then I think they had another issue. 
Did they go back? No, I think they finished on the lead lap, but they were only just in front of Win Cup, weren't they? Like, just up the road? No, I think by the end of it, Win Cup won by a lap. It was, it looks like, it looks like Win Cup had a bigger lead than what he actually did uh, towards okay. the end of it. Um, but, yeah, it was... You know ba- what would have happened? Win Cup would have passed the line, then it would have clicked 12 hours, so he would have got an extra two laps. Yeah. When everyone else would have just come in behind him, um, yeah. So, pretty strong showing from the the Porsche. They they hung around really strong to the sort of finish. Porsche yeah, did yeah, really well. Yep. Like considering it's like you know, young Matt Campbell. He's only what twenty one years old. Yeah, he's he he's piloted that amazing, towards the he? end. He had that s- slight brain fart where he tried to go up the inside of the car a little too hot into Hell's Corner. Yeah, I'm not- him. That got I'm not sure if he was just um, sort of had a bit of brain fade, didn't realise the car was a lot slower than him and he, the closing speed. I think similar thing happened with Shane when he hit the Porsche as well. Just used to following <clears throat> another GT3 car that's got the same pace as them and then all of a sudden there's this car that's a lapped car. It's quite they assume scary. it's going to be fast and just bang. Mm. He tried to, you can see in the in-car footage, he sort of comes in and he's like, oh shit, I'm going too hot, tries to turn out the other way and just clips him, yeah. clips him, ran off the thing. I think you got to drive through for that. He did, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. You learn. He still managed to come through, finish second. Yeah, yeah, that's um, strong. Really good considering, you know, he's teaming up with, well, this is something we haven't touched on, um, since our last episode's been announced that Matt Campbell will be driving with, Shane Van Gisberg during the Enduros. Yeah, yeah, that's that's big news. It's mm. a big step up, unfortunately, for the Kelly boys that they've lost him, but that's a big step up for him. Um, also, Matt Campbell's racing the, the Porsche, Porsche uh, yeah. Yeah, Pro Cup sort of thing that's going on this year. So he's got a like a, a sponsored role because he's won the Career Cup in Australia. Oh, scholarship. Yeah, exactly. So that's going to be amazing to see him go up against the best in the world now. Well, Weber had... Like, Mark Weber was... Um, down at the garages this weekend. Yep. And he had some high praise for Matt Campbell. Oh, yeah, he rates him. Yeah, so it's like, you know, out of all the other young Aussies out over in, um, doing international work at the moment, you know, Matt Campbell's he's got his head screwed on. He's, he's going places, and that's good to hear. Yep, I agree. Um, I think it's he's a name to watch. If he comes back and does V8s or if he's going to chase GT3... DTM, something else maybe. I'm not sure where he wants to go. Mm. Um, I don't see him going to Formula 1 or something like that. But No, maybe I, just do some... Well, he's got the Porsche... You know, you get the Porsche drivership. That's yeah. pretty good. You can stay in their Porsche, you know, sports cars and yeah, exactly. replace Weber. Yep. You know, do the exactly. WEC. Yeah, that's that's where I'm sort of leading. Like, he might end up in a, something that's pretty big. Mm. So, that, that's fingers crossed for him. He can get up there. and This race, lots of safety cars. 15, I think they said at the last one. Yeah, there was a few. And I don't know if you it's noticed. Not a record. A, a few drivers were um waving to each other after incidents. You oh, see yes. the in-car footages, a few um, thumbs up. Um, the Porsche bloke, uh, what was his name that Shane hit? Oh, uh, yeah, I know who you're talking about. Yeah, but yeah, because when Shane drove past him, when his car was wrecked on the um, straight, he's up on the tyre barrier, gave um, Shane the big... Thumbs up, like, you're doing a great job, mate. Yeah, yeah. And um, I think it was his engineer or someone 
from that. I that think it's one of the other drivers from the team. Yeah, went over to the um, was it STM Motorsport? Yeah, to the Mercedes team. To the Mercedes team, and pretty much just said, "What the hell was that?" I believe he said, "What the fuck do you think? What do you call that?" And fucking, yeah, <laughs> there's no, a lot he of did swearing. Say that. <laughs> it was all live over TV. Yeah. Like, ooh, PG-rated. Like, we had a few laughs of car, like drivers flipping off other drivers. And seeing them, they're just straight out the window like, screw you, mate, you flipped yeah. me off. And like, oh, it, was, it was good fun to watch. Yeah. Um, I was just... Quinn, Clark Quinn gave um, Steve, um, Stephen Richards the finger as well. Yeah, he got spun around. I, I, look, he was semi-self-induced the damage... It was a very minor touch that span him around. He could have touched the brakes. I think he just thought he was past the wall. Yeah, I think he thought he... he... sort of rolled straight back into a concrete wall and fucked his car. (laughs) Essentially, yes. Like, it shouldn't have happened. He shouldn't have been spun around. But let's be honest here. Stephen Richards is a pretty clean driver. He wasn't doing it deliberately. He thought there was a gap... He's pulled, he went, oh, I'm not going to make that gap. And they, they, they were told in the driver's briefing, it's not like V8s. You can't just shove your car down the center and move the other car across. So he went to pull out of that and he just, just so slightly touched him. It was enough to rotate the car. Yeah. These GT3 cars spin very easily. Yeah. Once they get that sideways momentum, you can't catch them. But he could have stopped. Yeah. <laughs> Well, it was made about a lot cars worse. Making contact with um one spun. Did you see the highlight package of the Audi that spun in the morning? It was only on lap eight, no, and he spun, and it was just past the dipper, and he's sideways along the middle of the road, so not much space. And you've got a heap of the cars coming through. They all go around the front. Initially, they've slowed right down. I think no one makes contact initially at the start, where three cars go around the front of it. Then a GDR and a Bentley come past, but they go around the back side of it. The GDR slightly scrapes it. Yeah. Um, the Bentley's a little bigger than the GDR. Because <laughs> the G- then the Bentley goes through, hits him, and then another car goes around the front and clips him as a thing. So he got hit three times while waiting in the middle of the road. Yeah. Um, unfortunately. I have seen that. I have seen that, yes. Like, not much that the other drivers could do. Oh, he was pretty much blocking the road. He was road. blocking the road. And it's not the first time we've seen the mountain be blocked. No, it's not. I think that's one of the things that adds character to the mountain. Mm. It really does. It's You've got that sort of unforgiving, undulating road that's got crests and peaks and wallows in it where the unsteadies the car. And then with that, you've also got concrete. Either Some places... Side. Not even half a foot off the racing line. Yeah. Some places you touch the mirror nearly every lap on the concrete. So it's very unforgiving. And these boys, obviously, every now and then come unstuck. And, and something that you forget <laughs> a lot about the track when you see it on TV is the elevation. Mm. Like, I was reading some comments online of people with um, about cars going down the dipper going, oh, you know, it could have gone a bit faster down the dipper. I swear he eased off down there. I'm like, yeah. It's because it's like straight down. Yeah. It's because it feels like when you're going through there in a streetcar, the front wheels are going to come off the ground. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's I've seen the, some footage from the ride-along um, of Bathurst last year with a couple of the, when they have the streetcar parade go through. And you're going down that dipper. You're like, screw that. Yeah, it's that is, steep. That's scary. It's it's a very, very steep um, drop-off mm. with a corner in the middle of it. <laughs> very much so. Um. A young driver that I wanted to talk about. Yeah, mate. 
this week that did uh, this weekend that did a great job was Bryce Fullwood. Unbelievable job again, mate. Uh, he really the well, he combined was, sen- he was sedans. In the combined he did. sedans as well as the twelve hour. Yeah, yeah. Um, in the twelve hour, he did. He didn't have the best of luck. No, they had car failure um, mid race where they had to replace a whole hub on the car. A wheel bearing failed on the car, so that's a real. Well, they lost about twenty five minutes under green flag doing that. Yeah, yeah. Put I think... them a few laps down. I think. Yeah, they were he looking was two laps away from his next yeah. person in class. Yeah, so it was a, a bit of a shame, but I think they ended up fourth of the class anyway, mm. so that's not too bad. And then the team got one, two, three, four, because he was for a car team. I think there was eight invitation because nine, Bryce, nine, I think. Yeah, well, Bryce was racing in the invitational class, and there was either yeah. eight or nine of them, and he did yeah. finish fourth. Yeah, so. um, great job. He finished twenty fifth overall out of fifty two cars. Yeah, yeah, it was a really solid effort. So, mm. great drive by the team and great drive by him and good for the team to actually get that car back out there with a, a wheel bearing. I can tell you, as I'm I'm actually a mechanic and it's not the easiest thing to replace on a mm. car in 25 minutes. So, they must have really busted their I mean, ass you know, the to get it out been there. been in there for a while. It's cooled down. Oh, uh, yeah, exactly. You know, it must have been... All. It must have been at least, you know, about three or four hundred degrees when they were working on it. <laughs> but those things, those glowing Mark red brakes, because he was in the Mark, the Mark cars, he was racing a V eight Focus. Those things, pretty quick for what yeah. they are. Yeah, I think their lap record for the, for the race uh, in Bryce's car was a two twelve point something, mm. which is, if you think back not too long ago. To the old spec V8 supercars, that's about their race pace. Yeah. <laughs> so and to be doing that, that's that's good amazing. Effort. Yeah, that is amazing. It was really good effort. Um, pretty consistent too. So, but him in the combined sedans, he just drove away with oh, it this weekend. It. He yeah. won like race one, two, and three. So from start to finish. If you don't know what they were, um, so the combined sedans are loose term because there's Camaros, there's all sorts of, there's tube chassis cars. There's it's a very um, big field of cars. It was about 51 cars. It was another 50-car field um, doing the combined sedans. It was X... You've got your XV8 supercars, so you've got your old Dunlops. Yeah. I don't think there was any super new. I think an FG was probably the newest supercar. In I there. don't think there was any um, car of the future yeah. style um, supercars. Um, but, yeah, there was definitely uh, lots of old supercars and stuff, and that's what Bryce was driving. He was driving... Actually, a car was, that Bryce used in the development series uh, two years ago now. Yeah, he was driving the was it first gen VE. Yep. Mm. So, um, and and he was doing had it two hooked tens. up. Yeah, had it hooked up and did some good laps. So, um, yeah, really solid effort. I've got a. I found the race two and three of the combined sedans, and I'll um link them in the show notes if you want to watch them. I unfortunately don't have race one that wasn't. Um broadcast so we don't have that but still Bryce hats off mate you drove fantastically well this weekend yeah you were it was so smooth through the top of the mountain driving yeah. that the the V8 supercar yeah he just looked comfortable didn't he coasting mm. almost it's um it's good to see we finished 14 Fing- or 15 seconds ahead in the final race yeah fingers crossed this is a good start to the year for Bryce's um development series he'll be back with matt white this year and uh pushing on hard in his fg um falcon so, so do we know we know matt white's signed on with nissan yes 
Do we know how long he'll be in the Falcon for? Uh, I think it's only speculation at the moment. It looks like it could be sort of a, a three or four races before they'll have their Nissans up and going, but oh. I'm, not, I'm, I'm really not sure. Um, we'll have to talk to Bryce about it, to be honest, and find out what the what the go is and go from there. So I am excited to see another like a new manufacturer in the development series. And oh, it's about actually, time, the development I really think. series is getting a name change. Oh, okay. Well, I haven't heard about this. What What's going on, Michael? They're changing name, or they're going to be rebranded. Um, it's looking like the Dunlop Development Series, is what it's been currently called, is going to be known as the Dunlop Super 2 Series. Kind of like um, GP2. Yeah. Um, they're, they're really trying to make it into a... Not yeah. so much of a development, but like, you're just... It's the second it's tier. An, it's, an, it's another major category. They don't want it to be downclassed as a development. development on there goes, oh... Well, you've got big name drivers in there, so I don't. Yeah, I understand what they're trying to do there. We're not trying to develop um, people like Paul Dumbrell, you know. Paul they're, Dumbrell needs some developing. Does he? Yeah, that's why he's gone <laughs> he back needs there to develop some more hair. Development series <laughs> he needs to develop some more hair on top. <laughs> I don't think he's with the um, the advanced hair studio. <laughs> oh, maybe you should contact uh, Warney for him. <laughs> yeah, there is talk that the Supercar Australia company, the people that own supercars, um, they own the development series. They recently purchased the Super Utes or the V8 Utes, which they're rebranding into the Super Utes. They own the 12-hour. Well, they own half of the rights for the Bathurst 12-hour. I think the Re- Bathurst Regional Council own the other half. Um, they're looking at trying to get some more categories under their belt. And I guess this could play into a bit like the NASCAR with you know, you've got your sprint series, you've got the cup series, and that you might, we might be looking at a point where we could have super utes and another series come up and travel alone, not from the supercars, if they do get enough of these other series together. I agree. There's plenty of room for more sponsorship and um, uh, driving opportunities. A lot of good drivers in Australia that do not have drives in like a V8 supercar or mm. any of these other headlining um categories and realistically v8 supercars is our only headlining category it is that and the gt series is now trying to sort of break away and get their own as well um so yeah i'm all for it, it get sh- some it get some more good. professional series mm. i mean it's not much too else there's not much else to the news at the moment well actually one thing that is come up this is not v8s related but <laughs> Talking about name changes, GP2 might be getting a name change. Ah, oh, to what? I haven't... Formula 2. So they've been... Isn't Formula 2 a thing? Yeah, I think it is. But uh, Bernie Eccleston apparently had been uh, standing in the way of uh, a Formula 2 sort of name change for a long time. Didn't and take long for once he's out to start. Yeah, so discussing it. Nothing's firm. Nothing's happening really yet. But it's something they're discussing and they might change it. Something so that Bernie had to um, deny and shoot down rumours of was there was a, after he got axed, there was a lot of talk going, well, he's going to start his own rival motorsport <laughs> series. And yeah. I'm like, no, he won't. <laughs> he loves F1 too much. I don't think he could do that to his baby. I don't think he wants to baby. hurt his baby, yeah. yeah. And so, really, like, he's still, no matter what happens, Bernie can walk down the pits, you know, in Albert Park this year in March, and people are going to be like, oh, my God, it's still Bernie. Ah, you know, oh, of course. He is Formula One. Something we should touch on. <laughs> um, we're not giving you a full recap of the Bathurst 12-hour because, mate, it was 12 hours long. 
And it also was 12 hours full of action, really. It really was. There was... Something happened to the the contenders. Every contender had something wrong with them. Yeah. Whether it was a drive-through penalty, whether they've hit the wall, whether they got taken out. Stuff was, was it the always first, happening. Nearly every GT3 car had a drive-through penalty. Yeah. I'm pretty sure everyone... Maybe not the Bentley, but I'm pretty sure everyone else had a drive-through the penalty. They did a really good job of just sticking by, and I think they picked up, what, third? Third. Um, that was actually one thing. They were talking to the Bentley Motorsport, um, the manager, basically, mm-hmm. that come over with them. And he's like, yep, we're just going to plug away. We know we don't have the speed this year, but we'll plug away, and we'll try and be around the, the top when uh, and on the lead lap when we go to finish the race, and maybe something can happen for us. Bang. <laughs> Third. I mean, you can't... You've got to be happy with that. Oh, bloody Still oh. on the podium. One of the hardest races, I think, in the world to win at the moment. Mm. So, yeah. We've touched on Shane taking out the Porsche. Yes. And then, I guess we should touch on Shane touching the wall. Yeah, I was about to say Shane touching something. <laughs> well, you didn't, what do you think? Do you think he did the right call by not taking tyres in that last pit? Um. Yes. Did th- the right call when not taking tires. I think so because if they had tires, I think the Ferrari still had their pace. Oh yeah. And better the pace than them. Had more pace than any other. So they had the what track. they had to do was try and beat the Ferrari with tactics, as in get out in front of the Ferrari and make that Ferrari chase them. Yeah, well the SLS and is pretty wide, so you just have what? to make it even wider. It's not an SLS. Wasn't an SLS, was it? No. It's an looks AMG C- blah, 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 63. <laughs> I don't care, man. It looks bloody like an SLS to me. <laughs> it's Mercedes' new um, new car. That's why Mercedes was shit also last year, is because they were running old spec GT3 SLSs. That's right. Um, so this is a new spec car. Current spec um, Mercedes GT3 car. I think they, they did the right thing. They went for track position over a car that was faster than them because they weren't going to chase them down if they waited the extra time for the pit the only problem was is they just got unlucky when there was lap traffic they hit it at the top of the mountain in spots where they couldn't get past and that just drove them straight back to wing cup and then wing cup said see you later down the straight and blasted you know or didn't blast off into the distance but Shane was ragging the car out trying to get every little ounce of speed out of the car and pushing it to the edge making it easy like that Win cups pass on Shane. Oh, that was some I had to close my driving. eyes, man. There was two wheels on the dirt. And I'm like, yeah. no, no, no. At 260-odd, oh, no. 280. 280Ks an hour. I'll put two wheels in the dirt. Yeah, no yeah. worries. Yeah, so. And you got it done. And then my biggest thing was, now you're on the wrong side, <laughs> Jamie. You're stuck on the outside. But he still yeah. managed to get it across, get yep. on the inside line for the next one. And then I was like, this is very much like Bathurst. I think it was very good from them, um, both of them. So Shane didn't push him off the track or anything. Jamie got a little bit jumpy, I think. Shane actually, you could see, he went for the side draft. So he went to swerve in to get close, and Jamie's gone, he's going to hit me, and, and moved over. More, yeah. Well, Jamie had no issue with it. He said, when we're rubbing paint, you know, when we're rubbing panels, we'll probably put some wheels in the dirt. And Jamie had nothing bad to say about Shane. He that no, was they, that they move was, was on, and they was... were aggressive, but they were safe. Mm. At no point did I look like, did I see them look like they were going to take each other out? They were just racing hard, and it was good. It was really good w- racing to watch. The the Porsche incident, 
Unlucky. Unlucky. I think the Porsche actually blocked Jamie a long way over the top where it shouldn't have. Because mm. um, Jamie was very aggressive when he got by him. Yeah, and he had to be because Old Mate was putting his car in awkward positions that Jamie couldn't get by him. And it was like he could have pulled away to the side and then Jamie would have just shot past him, but he didn't. He put it in awkward positions. And I understand the guy, the driver's very tired and that, but he could have affected the outcome of the premier race category of that weekend yeah. by blocking him. Uh, anyway, and then Shane come up on the same Porsche driver and didn't really give him the respect that he probably needed and um, the fact that it was quite hard. It was it was a um Oh whose phone's not on silent today, mate? <laughs> Top in indoor sports center. <laughs> yeah, there we go. <laughs> anyway, um so Shane didn't quite give him the respect it needed and the gap he needed and maybe thought that the Porsche was gonna be faster or maybe the Porsche pulled off the throttle. I guess we'll never know the whole story. No. But he clipped him, put him in the wall. We had a safety car. Shane went, well, this is my chance. i got to stick on the back of Jamie. The team hadn't told him he had a drive through No, well, they were saying they'd tell him down Conrod Strait. Yeah. Because that's... That's, that's the logical least, place. It, yeah, it's either up Mountain Strait or down Conrod Strait. Yep. Because there's like no point talking to the driver when they've got to negotiate... Left, right, left, right, left, right, left, right, left, right, up, flat like, out. Skyline, down the Dipper and stuff. You might as well talk to them when they've got a bloody two and a half kilometer straight. Exactly. Um... And he was pushing 110%. And that 10% Shane extra was not, is too far. <laughs> I don't think Shane rea- realised he got the penalty. No, he hadn't. He hadn't. Because and obviously he had to push. Thought, oh, I thought I got part. I thought, you know, I got by with, I didn't get the penalty. And then he was really pushing and he took too much of that inside curb and just lost the rear. Exactly. And it, you just watched the footage. He lost it. Couldn't correct it. Over-rotated. And straight in the wall. Nosed her in. Parked her what in. Do you, what do you think about him trying to get back to the pits? Right call, wrong call. Should have pulled over and known that his car was buggered. Um, no, I think I would have too. You got to think there's probably only four cars on the lead lap. Mm. If they could have got it back to the pits, obviously he doesn't know he's leaking coolant or whatever. He can probably see temperature warnings, but he doesn't know if that's a block dam or, or what what's going on. So he's trying to limp it back to the pits so they can patch him up. He can get back out there. They might even get a fourth position. It's better than a DNF. Yeah, he was gone. Where he parked it was pretty sad. He's up but the hill. I don't think that was deliberate. I think he thought the car was going to keep going, and then it just stopped. I think if he just got over that hill, that was the last rise. Yeah. And then he could have rolled almost all the way down to the um, down so. to the pits. The footage that summed up the Mercedes weekend was when they were trying to pull the car onto the tilt tray. <laughs> With the front toe point, and all that did was rip Pluck it, off it out the front. <laughs> You're like, mm-hmm. I was, I felt very bad for Shane. I did too, and it was really. Uh, and I know we've talked about this, but we should highlight it for the listeners. Really, got to give it to Tony and Craig. Mm. Their sportsmanship. Yeah, they were telling people, no, don't we don't clap. You know, we know they don't want to r- win a race because the team, how someone takes themselves. The team out. is understandably happy. They've just won essentially. They know they've won the Bathurst 12 out. Their main contender's been taken out. So the team's really happy. They're ecstatic. They're cheering. They're clapping their hands. And Craig and Tony are like, whoa. Yeah, yeah. Everyone, no, stop. No. Stop. We do not well, win. This is not how we win. We do not We do Craig not like this. very concerned, too. Like, he straight up mouth, a hand over the mouth, like, 
Like, yeah. Oh, this is his teammate. Like you, we can all go. Yeah, they're competitors this weekend. But for ninety nine percent of the year, they're teammates. Yeah. I guess both of those drivers, they're both mature. So maybe if it was a 20-year-old or a th- maybe even up to a 30-year-old driver beside Craig, maybe he would have been like, yeah, we've won this. Mm. But they're not. They can put themselves straight in Shane's shoes. They've made mistakes like this. Oh, yeah. Both of them have done that. And I think that's where they they've went, oh, my God, that's so sad. Like we've, I think we were about 18 minutes, 17 Point really four minutes. You it know, put a dampener on the end of the race the because it was just like, oh, and then they took a while to get the car off and there's like, all right, we've got like four minutes left. I think there's a procession. The car. I was like, yep, all right. Quickly go up, go to the toilet, you know, if we sit here for 12 hours. Sad end to the race, but wow. Mm. I know we've said this, but wow. I can't wait. I, we, I know we said that this year, but it's too late to go to this year's 18. Mm, Definitely. Yeah. And yeah, I think it's a it's a highlight of the the motorsport calendar in Australia now. Quick car that I felt very bad for, and we haven't really touched on was Scafie Ingle Longhurst. Yeah, um, especially just how quick. devastated Ingle looked as well. He was bu- he he heartbroken. Yeah, like you said, he was it's a kick in the guts. Yeah, he was looked. I think Scafie like handled it very man. well. He looked like a destroyed man in the car, and then he looked like a lost man when he was standing outside of the car on the other side of the barrier. Like, Ingle just... Oh. I felt so bad for him. Yeah. yeah. And they were the best place BMW. Yeah, and they were doing a great job. Mm. They were. Um, real shame. And Ingle was topping practices too. Was he now? Yeah, Ingle no, topped, I, didn't, I, didn't I think, see that. one of the first practice yeah. um, sessions. I guess... The other story we haven't really touched on much is Shane's co-driver. Craig Bird, he did a all right job except for shunting um, Lowndes, but he apologized for that. He did, and he was very uh, very nice to Shane in um, telling everyone that he had a mapping problem in, in qualifying. It wasn't his fault that he was slow. Well, the car was on pace Sunday. Yeah. What, 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 what did that, that other teammate, Mario... Maro Ingle, yeah, something like that. I think he makes eskies. Yeah, yeah. No. <laughs> some German fella thinks yeah, he's top some shit. Some Mercedes <laughs> factory driver. No, yeah. we he, all know what we're sprayed, talking about. He sprayed him. He was a not a happy chap. He kicked the tires. He when he saw Shane put him in the wall. Yep. Slammed the trailer door when he went into the um the truck. Yep. And then Mark Beretta chased him down with a bloody TV camera. Yeah. And the thing that I took away so much from this interview was Mario Engel comes out and is like, I need to be careful what I say here. And then proceeds to shit on Shane. <laughs> the whole in- uh, Granted, the whole interview, it was over in a minute. It was so quick. He said so little. After it so was Beretta's talking. <laughs> yeah. He didn't. He only said like 10 words, All but they were pretty was, meaningful. Shane's, all I've seen is Shane make a, f- a lot of mistakes this weekend. Yeah, Brett says, that's racing, you know, that, goes, that happens that's when you're not pushing. Racing from, I don't class that as racing. All I've seen is Shane do a lot of mistakes this weekend, and then he walks off. Yep. Like, mm. Bit of a storm in a teacup, I think. Yeah. I mean, he obviously wears his heart on his sleeve. He He was very emotional when that happened. Only just before Shane got in the car, 
Mara's like, if anyone's to go in this car and win it, it's going to be Shane. I think he, he's copped it on Shane was the fastest driver out of the, the team. Oh, exactly. As well. yeah. You knew he was going to finish it. Um, Mara Angle come out a bit later on, on Twitter. Um, says, he goes, I'm a great believer in our team. He's such a dr- great driver. And I apologize to Shane for the heat, my heat of the moment comments. I think that's all that needs to be said. Yeah. I think he's damaged maybe a little bit of his reputation with the way he sprayed him. But Shane made a lot of mistakes. It's, he's not wrong. He hasn't made an accusation about mm. something that's not true. Shane did make a lot of mistakes this weekend. Shane's come out and said that. And um, I think it, we're just going to move on from it. Mm. There were some pretty funny other uh, replies to different Twitters and stuff like that. Yeah, I um, I don't know if you guys know, but the Japanese cheese panda. <laughs> um, oh, I'll link this in here. It's actually Lawrence Vandorf. He's a Porsche driver, I believe. Yes, he's actually a Porsche driver. He um, tweeted out Mario Angle right now, hashtag BR, uh, B12HR, and it's the um, the old panda smashing a keyboard, not happy. Bloody your mate, Scott McLaughlin, tweeted a picture of Dave Franco looking very nervous, going, um, watching the Bathurst 12-hour interviews like, ooh. <laughs> um, and... Uh, there's some Twitter pictures of here, Mario Engel and his teammates, and they're all scrubbed out. <laughs> um, yeah, look, I just think he was just a bit annoyed. I don't think it's anything really. Yeah, I think he should have held what he said. He's he a professional. Have said that he's a professional driver getting paid good money to do it. Realistically, if I was employing him and he said that on national television or international television, mm. I'd be pretty upset. But it brings viewing this is one of the most talked about things and it's a guy in the pits talking to a tv camera like from the whole 12 hour which had amazing racing and yet this is one of the most talked about things the whole talking about my angle (laughs) yeah it's it's crazy isn't it um there's a lot of people out there going mario you're never getting into australia again um i think they're forgetting shane's actually a kiwi so you know most australians wouldn't yeah, but we steal ki- Kiwis all the time. It's fine. <laughs> Every good Kiwi's an Australian. Don't you know that yet, Michael? <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> and back to V8 Supercar News. Okay, quickly yeah, touch on sorry. this. Um, it is Monday the 6th of February. Walkinshaw released their car today. It's amazing, isn't it? Looks pretty good. Yeah, yeah. I, I was wondering if you, you've been a bit sarcastic, but no, no, you actually do like it. I do like it. Yeah, sorry if I sound sarcastic. <laughs> yeah, I, it's amazing. Yes, it's great. Um, HSV's back on. So they're the Mobile One HSV Racing. Yeah, see, I would thought they were going to go with Walking Shore Racing, but no, they're Mobile One's naming rights, HSV. So Mobile One HSV Racing. It's, it's a long name. <laughs> it's no different than Red, Red Bull, Bull Racing Holden Red Bull Holden Racing Team. Yeah, um, <laughs> you know you get lots of long names. Whatever it the pays car the looks bills. Good. Let's put it that way. The yeah. car looks good. It looks mean. Um, you've got the gloss red. I think it's like is it a? I don't know if it's a day glow red like they've they've gone or if it's just I a gloss know. red. I, it, I do actually do car. quite like the car. It does look quite good. Mm. Um, it, it probably will be one of the best looking cars out there actually, this year. I had a, uh, I got a text message from a mate today. Um, 
diehard Ford fan. Like, you know, yeah. he, he's got blue eyes, you know. He's got blue eyes. I stare into your eyes. <laughs> like, you know, he only sees Ford. Yeah. And he actually true. sent me a message going, holy yeah. crap, that Commodore looks mean. Yeah. Along it's those true. lines. It's true. And it really does. Maybe this is the year of the matte car. Maybe. Maybe Ford has got the gauntlet thrown out here and maybe they need to finally put out a decent livery for a change. Because mm. well, Shell Helix is probably the only Ford livery I've liked for a long time. Yeah. I'm over the Bottolo racing. I'm over it. Yeah, the Bottolo one I don't mind too much. But other than the Bottolo one from the actual PRA team, yeah, I'm not a big fan of the one, others. Like, it's just... It's been there for a long time now, and there's only so much green with a bottle O on it. And they took off the little eagle. Oh, the eagle. The falcon now. Yeah. And yeah. Obviously, you know, they have the forward backing. Yep. It's another That's... short-ish episode. It's actually quite... We've covered uh, enough in this. Yeah. Yeah. It's just a quick recap of the 12 hours, some major things that happened in it, and a couple of touches on some news. Um, I guess the next episode might be... Maybe another winter Ooh. testing and then we're on to it. We'll probably do one more... Might... Yeah, we you never know. We'll see what... We'll keep you updated anyway. Yeah, we'll post it up. We might do one more. We're not going to say We anything. might be after Adelaide. If not, it will be... There could be one beforehand, but we'll, we'll see how we go. It depends how long we've got before the... Like, if there's much to take away from the testing. Exactly. Otherwise, you guys are just listening to us ramble on, which we appreciate. We are rambling right now. <laughs> on that note, thanks for listening, guys. Don't forget to hit us up on our website at www.breakinglate.com or head over to our Facebook. We're facebook.com forward slash breaking late. Yeah, if you guys can leave a review on any of your podcasting apps where you get the show from, that is really helpful. It really, really does help the show out, guys. Really appreciate it. Um, if you have any emails, send them through. Got questions, let us know. But that's our show. That is all for tonight. Well, thanks, guys. We'll catch you next time. Catch us later. Bye. Bye.